0: This is Wahid Jensen and you are listening to Away Beyond the Rainbow ta'ala And welcome back to Away Beyond the Rainbow This podcast series dedicated to Muslims experiencing same-sex attractions Who want to live a life true to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Islam I'm your host, Wahid Jensen, and thank you guys for joining me in today's episode. And with today's episode, we start a series of episodes dedicated to the wider community. We're going to be starting with the parents and family members. We have a couple of episodes uh, addressing parents and family members of individuals who experience same-sex attractions or gender dysphoria, and we will move on to spouses, as well as teachers and educators, and then imams and community leaders. On the series addressing parents and family members, my dear friend Adam is joining me. Assalamu alaikum, wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh,
1: Adam. Wa alaikum as wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How have you been, my dear friend? I have been good, alhamdulillah. It's nice to be back for this episode. I'm excited because it's really important and I think the content is really good as well. So, inshallah, a lot of the family and, you know, family members, friends... Uh, community uh, leaders and so on will benefit, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah, absolutely.
0: We look forward to that and we hope that that happens, inshallah. As you guys remember, uh, Adam joined me a couple of times throughout the season. So in season one, we talked about self-compassion, shame, and vulnerability. In season two, we talked about the wisdom behind trials and tribulations and attachments and surrender. Mm -hmm. In season four, you joined me twice, once on the series of complex trauma and healing from complex trauma, and again on self-discipline and Mm self-esteem. And now uh, Adam's joining me in these series of episodes that are dedicated to parents and family members. Yeah. Um, Now, these couple of episodes that we have prepared together are dedicated to parents as well as siblings and family members of any boys or girls, young men or young women who are struggling with same-sex attractions or gender dysphoria. We're going to be dissecting so many different topics. We will be building foundations together, talking about personal healing, re- relational healing, as well as practical considerations and recommendations to dealing with children, as well as adolescents and young adults who experience same-sex attractions or gender dysphoria. And then we will also talk about community healing and answer frequently asked uh, frequently asked questions by parents and family members. Now, uh, we have used multiple resources. Two very important books that we will add in the episode description, and we encourage parents and family members to read them are Gay Children, Straight Parents by Richard Cohen, as well as A Parent's Guide to Preventing Homosexuality by Joseph Nicolosi and Linda Ames Nicolosi, as well as other references that we will add, inshallah, in the episode descriptions, in addition to personal experiences and reflections that we will also add in these episodes. Now, part one, which is today's episode. This episode is all about you. You being uh, parents or family members, you know, siblings, relatives of individuals who experience same-sex attractions or gender dysphoria. This is all about you. Now, you may think that we're going to dive right in and talk about strategies and practical tips from this first episode to help your kids or siblings or relatives, but we cannot do that without talking about you and building foundations with you. And yes, we are going to be talking today about your own healing. All right. So please do not disregard any of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Please do not skip this episode. This episode is very foundational to our series. So please make sure that you listen to it, maybe re-listen to it, take notes and do the work, the practical work that Adam and I are going to be uh, addressing today, inshallah. Whatever we discuss later in this series, it's going to be difficult if we don't really focus on the foundations that are discussed today. So let's get started, inshallah. So last summer, on the Straight Struggle uh, online support group, we asked our community members, so those are uh, men and women who experience same-sex attractions or gender dysphoria, to answer a survey of questions that is directed to parents and family members, to spouses, to teachers and educators, to imams and community leaders. With regards to parents and family members, we asked the community on Straight Struggle to share with us what they would like to tell their parents and caregivers if they had the chance. Adam and I are going to be taking turns to read different responses from different members. And we and these responses in this episode are dedicated to parents, siblings, and family members of individuals who struggle with, with same-sex attractions or gender dysphoria.
1: So in response to that question, One member said, I'd wish to tell them that my attractions aren't a choice or a habit. They are a natural, uncontrollable urge. Forcing marriage on me or blaming yourself is not the answer. Amongst the many things there is to advise parents and caregivers of men and women struggling with SSA, etc. is number one, to be loving and accepting. Number two, listen and understand what we are going through. Number three, provide emotional support. And number four, allow us to be ourselves and have choices.
0: Another member said, I would wish to tell my own parents to provide emotional support. I wish that they would have been there for me from my childhood as I have felt isolated and dumbed down, i.e. during my life until now, I have felt constantly isolated, not been allowed to think for myself or not been allowed to have my own choices.
1: And another member said, The pain, emotions and struggle that SSA causes the individual are so extensive that they need all the empathy, support and understanding a parent can offer. It is not something the individual suffering from SSA chooses or has control over in terms of feelings. All family members need to be at peace with this fact before any healing can happen. During teenage years and early adulthood life is when your son or daughter needs the most support from your parents. Your sons and daughters need to feel at ease to open up to you about their feelings. Letting them battle this alone is the worst thing you can do.
0: Another member said, if there's anything uh, you'd like to know, just ask me instead of collecting information and coming up with conclusions from sources that have nothing to do with me or my SSA.
1: In another response, a member said, I would like to ask them to educate themselves well before or during the marriage on how to deal with children with hypersensitivity so that they learn first how to behave with them. And secondly, they can teach their children how to understand their emotions. I would like to tell them that I truly hope to make them happy, but I also hope they can understand my situation and support me.
0: Beautifully said. And another member said, before we are born, we are praised by God upon all his creation. That is our essential value. Your son needs his essential value back and to be respected for his uniqueness even if it sounds quite a quote-unquote weird for you or contrary to traditions.
1: And another member submitted a response saying, SSA is an attachment lost with a parent of the same sex. It is malattunement, so reattune with your son or daughter. The golden rule is Father, step into your son's heart and engage with him mentally and spiritually. Explore his world and remove your prejudice and disgust. And mother, step back and reduce your emotional involvement or complaining about your husband or others and reduce prejudice and disgust. Shame, guilt and disgust are the seeds of SSA. Shame is based in fear, so do not create a fear and punishment oriented environment. Instead, create a safe environment of love and hope and the fear that is based on respect, love, greatness of Allah. Be humble and admit your mistakes to your son. Through that you will teach him authenticity and prevent him from avoidant behaviour. Let him express his feelings of anger or rage positively. Different opinions are allowed. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach. Give time, touch like hugs and holdings, talk to your child and enter his world.
0: And then another response was, care does not mean control. Your son is a gift of God, not a property of your own selfishness. Learn more about complex trauma and SSA. Be patient and optimistic always and love your son unconditionally. And never lose hope from your son to change, even if he has sex with other men. Even if you see your son is mentally dead or like a wilted flower, it is never too late. Men with SSA can rise from the dead with your unconditional love, but can die with your ignorance and hate.
1: And in another response, uh, a member said, protect your child from pro-LGBT propaganda. If you do not protect your children from these propaganda machines, your child can be very influenced in the wrong way. Do not abandon your child. If you abandon your child, you, you make your child at risk of being su- susceptible to acting upon whatever attractions exists, And they fall prey to LGBT groups who will take advantage of them.
0: Another member said, ensure your relatives are loved. That is of utmost importance. Be there to guide them and support them in staying true to Allah and do not alienate them. Listen carefully to your children when they are calling out for help. Not everyone will come and say it directly, but there will be unheard pleas, and the silence is deafening. People who are struggling with SSA or GD need to know that these attractions or desires are not haram. Acting on them is, so never feel ashamed of having them.
1: And another response, and for parents and caregivers, I'd like them to know that these things are just a part of me. They don't make me any less of a human or Muslim and that you should work on creating an environment that makes me feel safe to open up about not only this, but also about every other thing that has happened or is happening to me. And another member said,
0: Please let those under your care realise that you love them no matter what, that they are worthy in your eyes, regardless of achievements, grades, and whatever mistakes they may make in their life. Please do not scoff or make negative remarks about the LGBTQ, even if you don't agree with it as this will only close them off if they ever feel inclined to identify with this group or these attractions. Even if you're certain they don't have any typical features or behaviors of someone who has same-sex attractions or is LGBTQ+. Even if you feel you have a good relationship with those under your care, this doesn't mean they will talk to you about anything. It still requires that explicit verbalization and proof that you are there for them no matter what. Words are powerful, harness them. Thunder does not make plants grow. Rain does. Use your words wisely and responsibly.
1: And another member said, no matter how shocked, sad, angry, disappointed, or whatever negative emotion you feel, we feel it 10x more, trust me. So have suffered. There is nothing inherently wrong with having SSA. It will not disappear and it is not a curse. It is like a test, like many other tests that we all face, What we need is your understanding, your support and your love. Most of us don't want these desires either, but it is from Allah's wisdom. Instead of getting mad or cutting us off, listen to us and support us. Believe those of us that have experiences with abuse and help us seek the proper means to heal. Your support will do more for you and us in this life and and the hereafter than any negative reaction ever will.
0: Another member said, I wish they understand how difficult they make our struggle due to their misunderstandings and lack of knowledge regarding our struggle. I hope they learn more about our struggle and talk to us about it.
1: In another response, a member said, this is not a problem for you to fix. This is the reality of another human being born and raised in an environment where willingly or unwillingly his closest caregivers were not able to provide emotionally in particular instances that were critical in his or her formative developmental stages. This is not a physiological reality, rather an emotional one born out of the consequence of love not being communicated properly, of needs left unmet, of a struggle left unsaid. Divest yourself of the notion of gay or lesbian and everything else in between. These are social constructs attached to SSA to provide cultural nuance and acceptance rather than the solution to healing and making peace with this reality. This is the chance for growth. This is not about you as a parent or caregiver protecting yourself and your ego. This is the greatest challenge of love and care that you as a parent or caregiver failed to provide, but now have the chance to do so again. Look within and search the depth of your complexes before aspiring to do so with a person with SSA. Be there without judgment be here with total love and have faith in Allah and the knowledge that all he decrees has a seedling of great wisdom which must be watered by patience, kindness and self-knowledge. That is how you help a person with SSA.
0: Oh no, very beautiful. Yeah. And another member said, be open and embrace with love. It takes an incredible amount of courage for the person experiencing SSA to open up about that. The most hurtful thing is to see their loved ones turn away from them. While this may happen, we acknowledge that the only one we need is God as our helper. So if you shun them, they may turn to God quicker, but with a broken heart. None of this is inherently bad, for we should turn to our Lord with broken hearts for him to make them whole
1: again. But do you really want to be the person responsible
0: for shattering your loved one's heart further?
1: And another member said... I would like to tell parents and caregivers of men and women struggling with same-sex attractions and or gender dysphoria to first of all educate themselves about topics surrounding sexuality in the day and age we live in. Silence and taboos are not going to solve any problem and if your child doesn't hear this information from you, they will hear it from most likely untrustworthy sources. There is no choice in this, especially in the internet era. Nobody is safe from disinformation, but starting with welcoming questions and opening communication is what I think is the key.
0: And another response that we got goes as... Please be very careful about the space you are creating for your child to express themselves. Experiencing non-conventional or non heterosexual desires is not an abomination, and as much as it brings certain emotions in you, please do not make it about you. Rather, try to centre your approach in accordance to what your child needs. Please do not shame them for their gender expression or their desires. Please protect them by enforcing the idea that they are enough and have always been enough that you love them no matter what. Please be that safe haven for them, because if you don't have it within you, they will do everything to find it elsewhere. Your love is monumental and it can heal every wound.
1: And another response we received uh, goes as, parents should know that people mostly do not choose their attractions and cannot simply turn them on and off like a switch. They should know that there is a big difference between a person who has these feelings and is trying to live right in the eyes of Allah versus someone who is trying to change the deen and allow what Allah has prohibited. Don't turn your kids out merely for having these feelings. They need to be loved, embraced and supported because their struggle is not an easy one at all. Know that any person who comes to you with this issue has certainly experienced a lot of pain in his or her life. You as a parent have the potential to add to that pain tremendously, but you also as a parent have a unique opportunity to lessen that pain. Most people with same-sex attractions are deep down really just looking for strong, pure, halal love. So be the first person to give that to them. Use their revelation to you as an opportunity to draw closer to Allah. Pray that Allah help and guide your child and keep him or her on his deen and on the straight path. If your child is involved in haram actions or relationships, be patient with them. Maintain ties with him or her and pray for them honestly and sincerely, as you would with a child involved in any other haram behaviour, drinking, zina, not praying, etc. Don't let your child manipulate you into violating Allah's command by telling you that you don't really love them if you don't accept their same-sex behaviours or relationships. At the same time, realise that they are the victims of a false social narrative that has convinced them that their sexuality is who they are. They probably have never heard of or considered a different way of thinking about things, Encourage them to explore alternative approaches, such as listening to A Way Beyond the Rainbow podcast.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Subhanallah. These are amazing responses, mashallah. Yeah. Um, and the second question that we asked the members uh, was, what would you like to tell siblings or relatives of men and women struggling with same-sex attractions and or gender dysphoria? And what would you wish to tell your si- your own siblings
1: or relatives if you had the chance? So uh, one of uh, one of the responses we received uh, is, I think it's I think that it's important for siblings to be there for us who have SSA and to be accepting, understanding and compassionate. Although my own sibling knows about my SSA, I still feel hesitant in talking to him about my struggles openly, as he tends to get annoyed, uncomfortable. I'd like for him to understand that it's a test that Allah has given, and that it doesn't define me.
0: Another response was similarly your relative who has SSA needs your understanding and support and will be desperate for someone to understand what they are going through without judgment. Just be there for them to accept them and to try and try to support them through the healing process.
1: And another member said that just listening and respecting my feelings alone means the world to me and can save me from doing something stupid or dangerous to myself.
0: And another said, I wish I have a sibling that I can share with about my condition, but I'm not really that close with my siblings. So I just wish that they would respect my decision and respect me the way I am.
1: And in another response, a member said, have compassion and be supportive to your brother. He needs this mutual connection and sometimes feeling respected by you and hugs. Educate yourself more about complex trauma. CPTSD, ADD, ADHD and DID. Mm-hmm. So, um,
0: let's just break them down. Yeah. So, CPTSD is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. ADD and ADHD are attention deficit or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and DID yeah. is dissociative identity disorder. Yeah. Another member similarly uh, said, protect yourself from pro-LGBT propaganda, which is a similar answer to the previous question. If you do not protect yourself from these propaganda machines, you can be very influenced in the wrong way. Do not give in to these things. Do not try to legitimize it. If you do, you are putting yourself at risk of being susceptible to acting upon whatever attraction exists, and you may fall prey to LGBT groups who will take advantage of them.
1: And another member said... Keep being yourself around me. I value our relationship, even if it wasn't always a positive one. It's not too late for us to connect and build bridges.
0: Another said, Relatives should not make such a big deal about this and just be understanding that they are loved and worthy. That I accept them as they are and I'm here for them no matter what. And understand that it must be a struggle to go through what they are going through. And that it must have been difficult up until now. This wouldn't change anything between us.
1: And another said, Please don't ostracise them or us. We are not evil. We are not monsters. We are just the same Muslims as you with our own struggles. Everyone has them, but we are all trying our best to please Allah and seek his mercy. Don't spread rumors and don't out people. Maybe one day we will cultivate a society where having SSA itself won't be a problem as long as we are striving not to indulge upon it. For now though, it's a very taboo subject so it can be dangerous and even life-threatening to expose someone that is struggling with SSA. Instead, keep it to yourself if you find out, discourage hatred toward it and be more compassionate. You have your struggles too, you are a sinner too, and you most certainly wouldn't like your struggles and sins to be aired out in front of your family and community. Let us embody the traits of the Prophet ﷺ and have mercy on each other so that Allah may have mercy on us. Thank you. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: And another member said, I wish I can share my struggles with them. I wish I can tell them how hard it is and how much I am in need of their help. I am sorry if my cruelty to myself manifested as cruelty to you. I did not know how to love the me I was, and so, found, and so I found myself unable at times to love others. Forgive me, but be patient with me as I learn to be at peace and, rec- and reconcile all that has gone past.
1: And another member said, for siblings, I'd like to say that if you're confused about your role as a support, please know that you are already doing wonders just by embracing and loving your sibling with SSA or or gender dysphoria. You treating them as normally as possible after they've disclosed it to you is more than enough of a support. Now, what would be great is if for you to educate yourself on this matter and also find out about your own boundaries when it comes to helping your siblings. More often than you think, being a listening ear is exactly what we need from you. Do not think you'd have any role in fixing us or being our therapist. You are better off gathering and redirecting your sibling to the appropriate resources. And another
0: member said, realize that this is a really complex topic. Everyone knows that same-sex behaviors in Islam are haram, but there is usually a huge emotional and psychological component to same-sex attractions or SSA that people are almost are are mostly unaware of. If your brother or sister comes to you with this struggle, know that they have likely suffered a great deal throughout their childhood, even if you were never aware of it. In some cases, you may have been responsible for a lot of their suffering and pain, so be honest with yourself and use this as a time of accounting for your own actions. Apologize if necessary. Say you are sorry, sincerely, and from the heart. That can go a long way. Know that having SSA is a huge trial, and your brother or sister needs your support. Not support in doing haram, but support in dealing with the inner turmoil and staying on the straight path. If they have opened up to you, know that they took a huge risk in doing so, having no idea how you would react and whether you would accept or reject them. Don't make them regret their decision to tell you. Be a relief for them, a refuge. They may have been too terrified to tell mom or dad, so they came to you instead. Realize that it's a huge amana, and do not violate the trust that they have placed in you. Be mature, strong, principled, and supportive. You guys aren't immature little kids anymore. If your brother or sister is involved in haram actions or relationships, you shouldn't approve of those. Give them nasiha on that but only in a manner and at a time when you think they may be receptive to it. If they come out as an LGBT activist type, make it clear that such behaviors and advocacy are not acceptable in the eyes of Allah, and that there is a better way. Let them know about resources like Away Beyond the Rainbow podcast, and encourage them to explore these other approaches on their own time. Know that it can be difficult for them to change their paradigm overnight, so be patient. As always, make dua for them and ask Allah to protect them. Open their eyes to the truth. Give them the support and guidance they need and keep them and you and all of us in his deen and on the straight path towards him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ameen. Ameen. Mashallah, subhanallah, such a wonderful collection of responses. Yeah. Um, We're very grateful for everyone who pitched in and sent us their anonymous uh, answers. Jazakumullah khairan.
1: Yeah, it's really, really beautiful responses. And when, and just listening to this, really what it boils down to is love, mm-hmm. acceptance of the person and not the acts, right. um, emotional support, realizing that SSA is not a choice and that there's a lot that you can do to help. Uh, and to start off by listening, you know, asking if you're confused or don't understand and educating yourself. Right. And it's important that you vocalise your love and give affirmations of worthiness and support to the people in your life that might be um, experiencing SSA and and do not make this about you. Focus instead on the person going through this this difficult trial. And inshallah, these series of episodes are designed for us to help you through that process um, so that you can look after yourself um, as you go through this, but also, you know, um, us helping to anchor you uh, in knowing that this is very much about your child uh, or your sibling or your family member so inshallah uh, we'll we'll be discussing a lot of this in detail throughout the episodes right.
0: so before we can help our child or sibling manage and grow with their ssa or gender dysphoria we need to take stock of ourselves first and this entire episode is dedicated to personal healing this is a long journey and your child or sibling or family member will need you at your best it's expected that knowing that your child or sibling or family member is experiencing same-sex attractions or gender dysphoria will bring up lots of emotions for you including shock grief, sadness, worry, anxiety, anger, confusion, feelings of betrayal, disappointment, fear, and so on, right? Mm -hmm. You might be asking yourself, why me? Why is this happening to me? So it's very important that you navigate these emotions in a healthy way in order to show up for your child or your sibling or family member as they need you to. This may even be the perfect opportunity to address your own internal battles, your own struggles and traumas in order to be there for that person during what is going to be a difficult and challenging time. Now, in his book, uh, Gay Children, Straight Parents, Richard Cohen starts the book by focusing on what parents and loved ones should do before they delve into trying to support their child as they go through the process of healing and growing from same-sex attractions. And these include taking care of yourself, doing your own work, and experiencing God's love. And we will elaborate on what all of this involves, inshallah.
1: Yes, so if we start off with uh, uh, thinking about taking care of yourself, so as a parent or as uh, a sibling or somebody who's uh, close to someone who's experiencing um, SSA or gender dysphoria, you know, taking care of yourself is very important. And seeing this uh, you know, information that you've just been given. So assuming you've just been told or you've found out or you've known for a short time or or whatever it might be, seeing it as an opportunity for your own healing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You, As we said before, you're going to be dealing with likely lots of different emotions. Mm-hmm. It's very important that you be gracious to yourself. Feelings are just feelings. They're neither good or bad. It's how you act upon them that's the important thing here. Right. And it's, it's important to say that you may experience repulsion or recoil. And some parents have or some parents and siblings have something called the yuck factor. And this is a gut reaction to something like SSA or gender dysphoria that most people experience, even if they don't admit it. it. It's like a built in biological defense to things that we don't know or understand or we have a fear of.
2: Exactly.
0: And it's like basically being disgusted of the entire topic.
1: Right. So the, they just run away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you, you have to acknowledge that your child has been living with these uh, feelings, this experience for a long time. Right. So for them, this is entirely normal. This is not something uh, new or, or disgusting or anything like that. This is their day-to-day experience. Right. And you may struggle with the idea that your your child may never have a traditional family or worry about if that's even possible. Or you might worry that your child will end up living a life of same-sex marriage, uh, adoption situations in, in, in that context, uh, or even artificial insemination as opposed to the traditional uh, husband-wife family structure. Mm-hmm. Or or maybe you're worried that they will end up lonely and rejected and isolated or maybe even engage in an unhealthy lifestyle with STDs, etc., or rejection by wider society. Right. And despite all of these feelings, you must resist that physiological yuck factor that we talked, the disgust response mm-hmm. to, to those thoughts that, that we've sort of just described and talked through there. And obviously that's not a comprehensive issue. You might have other worries, but right. you need to resist that, that initial yuck factor throughout this journey. You will be confronted with ideas, and realities that may cause you discomfort and disgust, you must learn to resist leaning into those responses and then acting upon them. Right. So you could do potentially a lot of damage if you uh, react to those in, a, in an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. And, and so instead, you must focus on the causes and healing of SSA, displaying the right kind of love that is deeper than just sort of mere superficial uh, you know, displays Much of what you will need to do is counterproductive to the yuck factor. So be patient with yourself and ask your child to be patient with you as well. This is brand new territory and you might not get it right the first time, but that's absolutely okay. Uh, We're not perfect. So we'll probably, you know, do things and make mistakes and inshallah learn from them.
0: For sure. Absolutely.
1: So how do we go about
0: overcoming that? Inshallah, this is going to be the focus of this episode and the upcoming couple of episodes, inshallah. Um, And before we carry on with this discussion, it's very important to talk about the five stages of grief. A lot of you listening might be familiar with them. Mm -hmm. um, But we're just gonna go through them very quickly here. So um, when your child or your sibling or your relative or someone dear to you tells you that he or she is experiencing same sex attractions or gender dysphoria. You would actually, you might actually go through the five stages of grief. You may move through them. Yeah. in order to overcome that shock factor, right? Yep. Uh, you must have been shocked when your child first told you or, quote-unquote, came out of the closet, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you were completely taken by surprise. Maybe you might have had an inkling all along and your, quote-unquote, worst fears were realized, right? Maybe you experienced shame, guilt, and sadness, and pain, and a wide range of emotions. Mm -hmm. Now, whatever the circumstances are, the response is usually the same, right? How could this happen? I loved you with all of my heart. I know I made mistakes, but God knows I tried my best, right? Maybe you even blurted out all the wrong things at first, or maybe you didn't say what you should have said. Now, it doesn't matter. Whatever happened, don't worry about the past. You can restore and improve your relationship with your you know, child or sibling or family member. No matter how unlikely it may seem, be assured that he or she is hungry for your love and acceptance and approval. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're his or her parent. Yeah. Realize that you will be going through a grieving process at the beginning. Realizing that your child or your sibling having SSA is akin to grieving for many parents or siblings, many of their hopes and dreams and expectations for their child, you know, as parents come into doubt and question. It's important that you know the five stages of grieving so that you can navigate through them in the most healthy and constructive way in order to support your child or your sibling. And these five stages, five stages of grief were first outlined by Elizabeth Kubler Ross in her book on death and dying.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And these stages are number one, denial, meaning, you know, this can't be happening to me or us or to him or her. You know, oh, this is not true. You know, just denying the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Number two is anger. So after going through denial, we usually go through anger. Why did this happen? I did my best. Oh my God. I'm so, I'm so pissed at, at myself or, you know, my, my spouse or my kid or whatever it is. Number three is bargaining so something like please god you know if i do this or that if we do x y and z please change him or her mm. you know we do something we expect something in return right Number four is depression. So we go through a period of sadness. You know, it's true, and I can't stand this. It's so painful. You know, I want a child. To, I want my child to get married and have kids. My dreams are lost. You know, what I'm gonna? What am I gonna do? It's just that feeling of depression. And then the fifth one is acceptance, which is okay. Now that I've accepted this, it is true. What now? What can I do to assist him or her? Mm-hmm. How can I take care of myself in the process? How can we move? forward in the best ways possible right yeah um and it's important to know that not everyone has to go through the five stages and some people skip stages some people go through the stages and go back to the initial stages so it's really it varies because we all have different experiences at the end of the day
1: yeah yeah absolutely exactly and like just to that point you you know you might revisit these stages over again you might go from one to the next and then go back to another one and might go into cycles and that's absolutely fine mm-hmm. the important thing is that you must express your feelings with with people that are close to you that are that that you trust so whether it's your spouse or trusted friend or loved one um, you should use them to help you move through these stages and also use Allah obviously to to um, express your uh, pain and anguish and and sadness too mm-hmm. uh, and be honest with yourself as well. The worst thing you could do is 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 not be honest with yourself about what you're feeling. The, the point of all this is the more you express, the quicker that you'll be able to move through the stages of grief. Repression of your emotions will keep you stuck and create an obstacle between you and being able to help your child. So you must feel, uh, this is a very common um, quote, but you must feel and be real in order to heal. Yes. Uh, Or you must feel to heal or, you know, different variations of that.
2: Right.
1: And and know that you cannot do this alone. As humans, we exist in relationships. We are social creatures. Sharing with Allah is necessary, but Allah also sends his assistance in the form of other people. Mm-hmm. So you must share with others and, and seek help. And not doing this will prolong the process of healing and grieving that you need to go through. Right. Feeling guilty and responsible is also a common response of many parents. And you need to realize that this is not true. You must know that there are many case, many causes of SSA and, gender, and or gender dysphoria and that no two cases are the exact same. Right. Know this. Parenting does not create SSA it's the child's temperament, perceptions of parenting and other social influences that create SSA. Perception essentially becomes reality. And that's really important to, to understand here. Mm-hmm. So it may be that there was lacking in parenting, etc. And it may be that there wasn't, regardless the perception of your child is what has created their outlook, their reality, their experience. Especially that the
0: child has a hypersensitive temperament as well and really takes things personally and absorbs things in a way that is different from other children's perceptions,
1: right? Absolutely, exactly. And then Richard Cohn actually mentions this in in the book on in this section where most SSA children are highly sensitive and easily hurt. So if they've had experiences of hurt, they detach and easily cut off. Without the parent's awareness, and that's where the relationship uh, gets derailed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So again, it's all about perception, and generally, there's a sense of hypersensitivity around the child. They're easy, easy, um, easily hurt, and they detach emotionally without parental knowledge, uh, or or knowledge of the caretakers or loved ones are around them. All right. So you, however, as a as a parent or a loved one, are in a position to make an enormous difference in your child's life today. And whatever you learn. You're responsible for implementing. And of course, we make amends and we seek forgiveness and we turn back to Allah. Right. And of course, as you prepare for this, you will need emotional, mental, physical and spiritual support. Always remember that your child deeply fears losing your love. And this is, as you could as you can tell from the responses we received, love and connection was a recurring theme. Yes. So although your child may have been coached about, you know, quote unquote, coming out or... Uh, they have been coached about facing you or being angry at you, they're still afraid that you'll withdraw your love and attention. And all of their conversations with you will almost have a subtext of, you know, do you accept me as I am? Um, What they're trying to say is, do you still love me or will you reject me?
0: Absolutely. And this is very important to take into account.
1: Uh, If you really look at that as a
0: child asking you, do you love me or will you reject me, it really makes a big difference. Because at the end of the day, the parents and siblings would say, of course, we still love you, Mm -hmm. right? SubhanAllah. And so, you know, taking into consideration everything that Adam uh, said... Many parents might ask, you know, how long is this process going to take, right? How long until we, quote unquote, get them back? If, you know, they're adamant about their thoughts and behaviors or lifestyle, whatever it is, depending on their stage, where they are, their age, um, and, and how far along they are. Um, according to, you know, Richard Cohen, Joseph Nicolosi, and other therapists, it depends on your tenacity as the parent or the sibling caregiver, your child's or sibling's receptivity, you know, the individual who's dealing with same-sex attractions or gender dysphoria, their receptivity, the severity of their wounding, and timing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you will see, there are many positive things for you that you can do. The more time that you invest, the more energy and patience that you put in, the greater the result concerning the efforts necessary, you will see. Yeah. And healing same-sex attractions or gender dysphoria actually involves retracing those steps and getting back on track where things fell off. Remember, there is no single right way to do this. Do your best. Remember that you as a human being are fallible, but you keep on showing up nevertheless. Take your time and realize that grieving and healing have their own rhythm. Yep. And... I've seen this with a lot of parents who have contacted me personally, there's sometimes an overfixation on change that we want our kid to change. You know, we want to heal them. You know, we want to flip them quote unquote from homo to heterosexual. Uh, When will this happen? What do we need to do? You know, it's, it's all an overfixation on change, change, change. Mm -hmm. And my answer to them is always okay. After giving them resources and discussing things with them and, and giving them, um, information to raise awareness about what SSA or GD is and how to go about the healing process i always tell them that this may or may not happen change you know uh, and it depends on actually what they mean by change like uh, do they mean like our child has 100% SSA and he's going to flip or she's going to flip to 100% OSA i tell them that may or may not happen and mm. actually it doesn't really happen like 100% mm-hmm. um it happens in different degrees. It may or may not happen. Some people don't experience a change in their sexuality, and that is okay. Yep. Don't make that the focus of your efforts. Otherwise, you'll end up losing. If that is the only thing that you're focused on, we can tell you right here, right now, you might as well forget about the whole thing because that's not what we really care about. What we care about is love attention affection approval healing growth this is far beyond a change in one's sexuality or gender identity right there are much more important things if you want your child to end up getting married that may or may not happen whether they experience ssa or not but if you want your relationship with your child or sibling to get better for them to be more at home in their own bodies, in their own families, to be at home with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to experience love in their lives, Mm -hmm. to experience love from their peers, to feel more in tune with their emotions, Mm -hmm. to feel uh, more loved and embraced no matter what, that inshallah has a high possibility of happening Mm -hmm. depending on how much you invest and how much they themselves are willing to invest. So please keep this in mind. Don't make change, quote-unquote, whatever that means, the focus of your efforts. Keep Allah front and center. yeah, And keep your child or sibling front and center. And focus on them and what is good for them. And inshallah, things will open up in ways that you
1: did not expect. After discovering that your loved one has been experiencing SSA or uh, gender dysphoria, you probably will have experienced the stages of shock, pain, grief, denial, confusion, maybe even hopelessness. You might have asked yourself by me, as we mentioned uh, earlier, Mm -hmm. know that your child has been going through this as long as they've been aware of their feelings around SSA or their gender identity, even though you never knew it. Right. So you might be going through this for the first time, they have been going through this as long as they were aware of of, of their emotions and experience in this area. Right. So it's time to put yourself in the shoes of your child and enter their world, or your or your loved one, to experience what it means to be them. Uh, this might be difficult to think about, let alone comprehend. Right. So welcome to your child's world, <laughs> is what we'd say here. <laughs> exactly. This is the whole, you know. This is this is what makes this issue or these issues so complex. It probably took your loved one years to disclose their hidden feelings. And it was probably a very long, lonely and painful journey that was made without you. And we can testify to this as people who have experienced SSA and done our own um, you know, been on our own healing process and continue to be on that process. Mm Mm -hmm. So can you imagine what it must have been like for them in elementary, middle or high school to feel those feelings of same-sex attraction or gender dysphoria when their peers were attracted to the opposite sex and bragging about it or manifesting their gender identity in a way that wasn't congruent with how they felt, Mm -hmm. how conflicted and confusing it must have been for them. And if they grew up with strong religious beliefs, those feelings were even more devastating because acting upon those feelings, those desires, is against the values of Islam and the word of Allah. Right. And, you know, they would have had feelings, uh, thoughts of, you know, what if people find out, what would they think? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what would my parents say or what would they do? How would the family feel? And so on and so on. And subhanAllah, these are, we say these, um, of of people who have experienced uh, ssh gender dysphoria, and this is very much our experience. Mm-hmm. I know this is we've talked about this at length. or yeah. um, so you know, there's so many instances throughout our years, my years, where there was uh, isolation, yeah. uh, distancing, bullying, uh, you know, being called names, being let down, yes. uh, verbal, emotional, physical abuse, um, you know, all all of these things. So this is. This we're mentioning all of these things so you get a sense of the different things that could have happened with your loved one.
0: Exactly. Absolutely. And it's very important to say something here. Realize that the same shock and grieving that you went through or are going through right now as a parent or sibling or family member, we have been through that ourselves. Mm. So if anything, please do not make this about you. It's humbling when you realize whatever you are experiencing is a microcosm of your child's world Mm -hmm. or your sibling's world, right? So when we say welcome to my world, it's literally welcome to my world right? Your child has probably spent many years coming to terms with their feelings. It has been a terribly lonely and painful experience for them, right? Many parents that I've spoken with think that this is all about them, right? They make this about them. They want to do this and that. We want to do this for our child. He needs to do this. She needs to. No, honey, it's not about you, Right? Mm -hmm. This is actually what it really boils down to, among so many other things. One of them is a test in humility, really. Because what I see in a lot of parents, I understand their shock and grief, but what really erupts in the process is their ego. And if you really look at this closely, there is a test in humility. Will you focus on your child or your sibling who needs help, or will you make this all about you? And if you are a parent who is listening to us right now, or a sibling who is listening to us right now, and you've made it all about you, I really hope that this kind of resonates with you. Mm. And you, you know, you take a, a second look at this and realize that maybe I've been going about it the wrong way. Maybe I've been making it all about myself when in fact I should make it about, you know, that person, right? Mm -hmm. And please realize that... And we've we've spoken about this at at length in this podcast. There's been a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of self-loathing, and a lot of numbing behavior as a result of Mm -hmm. the experiences that we've been through. Yeah. Right? This has been the big secret and a tremendous burden for many years. And now that you know, right, it is about you in a sense. Because now that you know... (laughs) Has your child's secret or your sibling's secret now become your secret too? Are you afraid of what the rest of your family will think and how your community will react? Will people think less of me and my child or sibling, right? Mm-hmm. We understand that discovering SSA or gender dysphoria and all of that is a difficult passage, but it can also mark the beginning of a new and wonderful journey, and we really mean that. Mm -hmm. Once you begin to follow the recommendations that we're going to offer in these episodes and check out the resources and the books that we mentioned, you will be able to create the support network that you need in order to learn and to reach out to others and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first and foremost, for love and guidance. Mm -hmm. And with Allah's help, inshallah, you will discover that it is possible to find hope and healing for your child or your sibling or family member, as well as for yourself and your entire family, believe it or not. There are lots of answers for so many questions that you have, and there's hope for restored love and even possible change in spite of the current cultural messages that we receive on a daily basis. And as you go through these emotions, please share your thoughts and feelings with your child or family member. Grieve together if you are comfortable doing so. See life through their eyes. And we promise you, it's going to be rewarding, inshallah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, this this is uh, touches on the idea of joining in with your child. So now that you're introduced to their world is to actually, you know, uh, walk the walk with them, to join in with them, to listen to them, to, to grieve with them, uh, to try and have healthy discussions. We cannot emphasize this enough, but you must listen, listen, listen and listen more. Yes. And hold back your own thoughts and judgments. You need to hear what they have to say, listen to their story, ask uh, inquisitive questions, Mm -hmm. non-judgmental ones, and travel back in time with them to find out what exactly they went through, what their story is. Mm -hmm. This will demand a lot of time, touch and talk. These are the three T's that Richard Cohen talks about in his book. So be patient with yourself and your child. This is more difficult if your child is not living at home, obviously. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But there are a lot of suggestions for you to work through. We should probably call out that you should expect rejection from your child initially, um, but do not give up. Establish trust. Do things together as much as you can. Love them. Praise them. Caress them, hold them, cherish them, and provide the unmet needs of love that they have.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This is particularly important for the same-sex parents to do, and we will talk about this in a lot more detail uh, and, right. and structure throughout these episodes. But just at a very high level, these are the things that you will be uh, you'll be recommended to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, f- fathers get more in touch with your sons, and mothers do the same, and get more in touch with your daughters if they want you to read their affirmative books and magazines or articles and do so so if they're on the lgbt plus path they may come to you with things that you don't necessarily agree with but you in order to uh, facilitate in the healing process and be with your child you'll have to engage in the things that they are engaged in right. because if they want you to attend a particular meeting it's important for you to go to demonstrate that you love them to mm-hmm. to show them that by joining their world and seeing things from their point of view, you're, you're demonstrating that you you feel that what they have to uh, believe and think is important, especially at the beginning. Right. The focus at the beginning of this process is all about joining hearts and building bridges. And it's also important to say this doesn't mean that you have to accept everything that they think or believe or are telling you mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you have to condone their behavior or their lifestyle that they've might have chosen mm-hmm. what it means is that you love your child and you want to understand their perspective and this is essential this is key exactly yep. and then also seek professional help you know there are you know you could attend therapy seminars family healing sessions find local therapists or support groups that can support you uh, through the the process.
0: Absolutely. And we'll talk more about this, inshallah, and provide links to different resources for yep. family members to check out, inshallah. Inshallah. Um, now, as Adam was saying, you know, stepping into their world, joining in with your child, let's take an exercise of actually doing that. Mm. So let's take an exercise, and this is an exercise about seeing things through their eyes. You know, your child's eyes or the the eyes of your uh, sibling or family member who experiences the same-sex attractions or gender dysphoria. Yep. There are stages that we go through until we quote-unquote come out, right? Um, num- you know, the first stage is basically the variables that have facilitated the same-sex attractions of gender dysphoria to actually emerge, right? For this, we encourage the listeners to go back to the episodes and in season one particularly episode seven and eight on the genesis of same-sex attractions Mm -hmm. and for female same-sex attraction or gender dysphoria episode 10 is important Um, give those a listen or a re-listen if you've listened to them before and maybe take notes uh, if you need to In those episodes, we actually talk about the roles of an inherent hypersensitive temperament that is coupled with particular family dynamics, parental wounds, sibling wounds, peer wounds, body image wounds, as well as cultural and social wounds, Mm -hmm. in addition to any abuse that the child may have experienced, among other factors. Try and see what your child went through. Maybe encourage them to listen with you and share their own experiences and perspectives. Yep. Given all of these, you know, variables, SSA emerges at a different age for each person, depending on different factors. And the same happens for, with gender dysphoria. And it depends, that mainly depends on the child's temperament, their physiology, their perceptions, the family history at particular times, social and cultural events, and so on. So, you need to check with your child or your sibling or family member when they first started experiencing that. And be careful to distinguish between the, you know, in the case of a person experiencing same sex attractions. We need to distinguish between the envy of a person of the same gender and the sexualization of that envy. And these are distinct and separate categories. Mm -hmm. Most often when we eroticize an individual of the same gender, that tends to happen around puberty or a little bit before that. But there are exceptions and those desires may emerge later on. Uh, in the late teens or even early 20s and sometimes much later than that, yeah. right? Again, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. It's not like every case of SSA or gender dysphoria is the same. Things are different.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. The next thing to consider is the conflict that, that people who experience SSA and gender dysphoria have. So, the, the, you know, we as people with SSA or gender dysphoria we might ask ourselves, you know, why do I have these feelings? What would others think of me if I have these Uh, feelings or desires. Is it a sin to feel this way? Does Allah still love me? And most often they experience feelings of pain, confusion, guilt, shame, denial, loneliness and despair. These are made worse when the person is unable or unwilling to talk freely with family and friends. And unfortunately, with the explosion of, you know, gay affirming organisations, the LGBT movement, websites, media, they can get their answers from other places which are not in line with our values, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, nowadays, adding questioning to the LGBT paradigm means that people who have a fleeting attraction to someone of the same gender may be led to believe that they are too belonging to this identity. so it's it's very important to understand that underneath all of this, there is a need for belonging. Mm-hmm. The, the the you know the voices of "I do not fit in, I do not belong, I'm not like others during puberty. What were once emotional desires for the same-sex bonding now becomes sexually inflamed, yearning. Emotional need for non-sexual intimacy with the same-sex parent and or same-sex peer suddenly becomes eroticized. Now, however intense the desire may feel, it's important to remember there is an unconscious drive for bonding with the same-sex parent and or the same-sex peers because of hormonal, emotional and social bonding there's a need for gender identification because of insufficient bonding with the same-sex parent and or the same-sex peers, basically to join with members of the same gender in order to internalise their missing sense of masculinity and femininity. That might be a lot to take in, yeah, <laughs> so exactly. if you need to listen back to that, then please do. But that is essentially the crux of the issue. Absolutely. Fear of intimacy with members of the opposite sex. There may be over-attachment between mother and son, or father and daughter, or an abusive relationship with a member of the opposite sex. These will preclude healthy heterosexual desires. And it's important to highlight that there's also an element of indoctrination which is happening from the media and culture and everything, and there are efforts to convince people that they're born this way, and efforts to change that are harmful you need to accept yourself and all of these myths about this is all genetically predetermined, and so on. Exactly. So all of this is basically that conflict about SSA, right? And all of these exacerbating
0: factors that kind of make it difficult to put things in proper perspective. And honestly, we've all been through this, like Adam and I and most of the listeners and, you know, um, people in the SSA community. I mean, we all identify with that. SubhanAllah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. SubhanAllah
1: and then the the final stage is this confiding in others getting to the point where you actually you know uh, speak to other people about this kids and young adults are especially sensitive and fearful of rejection so they might first come out to their friends or siblings when they when they finally talk about this uh, or when they first talk about this even and when they finally talk to you probably they may say something like you know please accept me for who i am god made me this way Or they may be angry with you and tell you, if you refuse to accept me just the way I am, you're a homophobe and you're unloving um, and you don't love me. Um, They really are afraid to lose your love after working through years of emotional and mental and physical and spiritual angst to come to terms with their attractions and their feelings about themselves. But what if you don't wish to accept their way of life? What if you refuse to internalise their socio-political definitions? How do you both live in conflicting paradigms? And can you still love your child and completely disagree with their choice to adopt this identity? Mm -hmm. These are all legitimate concerns that parents have. And to answer in the shortest way possible, yes, you can unconditionally love your child. And we'll absolutely talk about this more and help you to tackle those difficult questions that you might have been asked, or you may be asked in the future, inshallah.
0: So, as you may have listened earlier in this episode, when we kind of shared the survey responses from members of the street struggle community, um, the the answer is stressed on love, right? And then the books that we've been including as resources and all of our experiences, they point in the same direction. We need unconditional love, right? Yeah. You have to understand the dynamics that lead to SSA and their behavior, and you will find ways to bring the gifts of loving and proper attachment with your child. It's very important, and we cannot stress this enough. Your love must be unconditional, If you give the impression either directly or indirectly that you hope by loving your child more or by understanding them, that they will change or that you're going to do something for them in return, but they have to do something for you first, which is, for example, to attend therapy or to quit doing particular things or whatever it is. Whenever you have certain conditions in your mind, you have a goal in mind, then that becomes conditional by definition. So let that sink in. Do you love your child no matter what? Or do you love them only if they fit a particular mold or standards in your mind? Take a moment and really be honest with yourself here, right? Because what we're trying to say here is that the healing kind of love is unconditional love. The one that says, I love you and your essence. I love you as my child. I will love you no matter what. Mm -hmm. That is the love that breaks barriers and heals hearts. Otherwise, if it's conditional... Your efforts will be rejected. If you have other intentions, your efforts will look like manipulation. Mm -hmm. Trust us, it shows, even if you try to hide things, honestly. Please keep in mind that your love must be offered unconditionally and freely. Love cannot have a price tag attached, meaning I will love you if, or I will love you for now. Right. Mm. But for me to still love you or for me to accept you, you have to do something or give me something or stop doing something or stop being the person that you are. All of this is misguided. Mm. So we hope that the distinction is clear by now.
1: Yeah. Now, it's very important to love, you know, these children as God loves us with all our flaws and confusion and mistaken identities. With care and gentleness, we seek to reattach that child to the same-sex parent and same-sex peers. And and we'll talk about this more in the coming episodes. And as you reach out to your loved one, your child, remember that there have been a lot of lies spun around them. So, you know, think about the LGBT plus propaganda, the gay identity, all of the transgender movement. This is who you are. Accept yourself. There's been a lot of social programming Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of deconstruction that needs to happen around these ideas. And they're already dealing with a lot of shame and pain, heart and anger. Right. Yep. So with love and truth, you must try to reverse the damage and restore your child. If you focus on the childhood wounds that have not healed and the unmet needs for love and acceptance, you can help your child heal into their full gender identity and fulfill their potential.
2: Right.
1: We cannot stress this enough. Everyone needs to belong, whether it's in a family culture, in a community, within a religion, a tribe or a country. Many of us who have experienced SSA and gender dysphoria have felt like we've never fit in. We've never belonged anywhere. We may have faked belonging with groups and people and, and, you know, organisations, but never truly felt it in our hearts. And that's deeply, deeply tragic. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And we believe that, you know, we may have found acceptance elsewhere. Please, please assist your child and and your loved one and help your family feel that healing is all about creating an authentic environment of belonging. The healing is about creating secure attachment bonding with the same-sex parents and the same-sex peers in healthy, healing ways. And you're not manipulating your child here. You're not forcing them to do anything. And we'll talk about this more in, in the coming episodes. But for now, please focus on this aspect and revisit it it as many times as you need. This has to um, be internalized before we can really start doing any uh, further work. Absolutely.
0: And I know that a lot of parents right now or family members might actually be thinking, you know, how can I love them? How can I love my kids or siblings unconditionally, knowing that acting on these desires is wrong or that living that lifestyle is destructive and haram? You know, do I still love them knowing that they may be doing something that displeases Allah, right? And I've personally had that question addressed to me by a lot of parents who contacted me throughout the years. And the answer, again, is yes. Now, how so? A lot of people might be confused. So, it's very important to separate the person from the actions, right? So, let me ask you this. Would you still love your child if he or she drinks alcohol? Would you still love your child if he or she is struggling with, let's say, substance abuse or any kind of addiction or whatever else they might be dealing with? Yes, of course, right? And naturally, you would hate their behaviors, right? You would do whatever you can to help them.
2: Mm-hmm. You would
0: be concerned about them. You would, you would go to great lengths to, quote-unquote, save them, right? You wouldn't love them any less, would you? right? In fact, you'd actually pour more love on them and make sure that they know that you are there for them, that you are concerned about them, that you want what is best for them. So by the same token, how is same-sex attractions or acting upon it, or gender dysphoria for that matter, any different? Unconditional love is, in brief as follows. I love you no matter what. I love you for who you are. You are worthy and sacred. No matter what you do or don't do, my love for you does not diminish. I may disagree with particular things that you do or say, but my love for you does not change. Makes sense, right? Yeah. And another concern that some parents might have is, Or they might say, but then shouldn't I vocalize my concern or my disagreements with them, even if I love them unconditionally? Like, shouldn't I tell them that acting upon these desires is wrong? You know, that the LGBT lifestyle is unhealthy and haram and so on. Now, the answer to this is that it's very important to know that you should state your beliefs one time and one time only. Please do not repeat them over and over again. I mean, believe us, your children already know this anyway. Mm -hmm. If you continue to hammer away on morals and values, you will distance yourself from your already detached child and you will lose valuable ground. You may think that if you don't constantly reiterate, I don't believe in this or I don't accept this or this is haram and this is halal, that your child will assume that you are accepting his or her identity and will go deeper into that lifestyle or his or her beliefs. That doesn't happen anyway. On the contrary, your constant negativity will only reinforce their sense of not belonging with you and it will distance them from you and your family and even from God. Even nagging about the law or scripture or the Quran or Allah's displeasure will send them directly into the arms of the lifestyle and pro-LGBT support group. So please, please keep this in mind. Mm -hmm. And actually, there's something beautiful that Richard Cohen says. He says, bear in mind that we flawed humans need to love the most when we deserve it the least.
1: Mm, yeah. And that's not always the easiest thing to do, subhanAllah. So right. SubhanAllah. So yeah. Far. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's also very important to note that there may be a lot of oppositional behavior that takes place. Mm-hmm. So whether consciously or unconsciously, those deeply wounded individuals are unable to access their heart, which often involves past family dynamics. And they may um, want to do things to upset you as a means of retaliation or even actually just to get your attention. Underneath all of this is their need for your love. But perhaps they haven't experienced it to the degree that they really need it. Mm -hmm. So do not withhold your love or anything else, such as finances or other resources, in an effort to control your child's behaviour or your loved one's behaviour. Again, if the love that you demonstrate towards your loved ones is conditional or withheld whenever you're displeased, you're only going to widen the gap between you and them. On the other hand, it's important to note that maybe you will not experience a lot of love coming back from them. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And as we said before, expect to be rejected. When you make more efforts to love and listen, they will back off. You might be taken aback by this or feel frustrated. The more that you reach out, it will seem that the more that they'll close the doors and seal their heart shut, What you have to understand here is that we people with SSA or gender dysphoria, we have many shields around our hearts and many defenses, many wounds that have been very much alive for a long time. So initially, uh, your um, attempts at expressing love may face rejection, Mm -hmm. but please persevere and hang in there. Do not let go. Don't despair or lose hope. You must be consistent. Eventually, they will let you in in the beginning you may find yourself doing the wrong thing or saying maybe what appears to be the wrong words don't really worry or obsess about what you've said or done mistakes happen like we said no one's perfect and this is a massive learning curve so it's it's inevitable that things might not go perfectly yeah simply ask them your loved ones just to be patient with you while you try to find your way through you know this maze of challenges And extend grace to both yourself and and to your loved ones and your children. Also, while you're doing this, explain your efforts to your other children, your relatives or your friends, if possible. Mm -hmm. Educate them about the truth of SSA and teach them about your hopes and your plans and how you're going to address this give them the resources, help them check these resources and correct any misinformation. And also speak to a local imam or a member of the religious community wherever you live, if that's possible. Do your best to help them understand what you have learned and encourage them to walk with you in the process. And as we said before, this is not a you know one-person show. Um, this is something that truly needs uh, the community to come together, whatever that community looks like. Absolutely. Um, for the people involved, the family and the person who's experiencing SSA or gender dysphoria, to have that support network mm-hmm. um, show up for them. Shut up. So the more you step into your child's world and, and learn about SSA and their struggles, you might find yourself feeling a sense of guilt. Uh, or shame, um, or even dwelling on your past mistakes, you must stop the self-accusations because they don't serve anybody. This will not help progress the uh, healing journey or process. Mm -hmm. Stop the blame game. It, It will not help you or your spouse or your child or other family members. The only thing that will change this situation is to take personal responsibility for past mistakes, which means apologizing, making amends, and, and building an, a loving attachment between you, your spouse, your child, and the rest of the family, if possible. And we'll talk more about this and now and in the upcoming episodes. We ask Allah for his forgiveness and we, then we forgive ourselves. And what we can now do is to experience Allah's love and to love our family and our children, our our loved ones. Right. Listen to your heart and be attentive and take care of your own needs in healthy ways. Richard Cohen says... Um, in his book, acute guilt is healthy, but chronic guilt is toxic.
2: Absolutely.
1: So please bear that in mind. Um, blaming uh, will not lead uh, us anywhere. Um, it's just a, it's just a pit. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- there's always a chance to make tawbah and to reorient the compass. Allah's door is always open, or as some of the spiritual masters have said, that there isn't even a door in the first place. Right. Subhanallah. You know. Yeah. SubhanAllah, there is no door, and you know, we can connect with Allah anytime, anywhere, and ask for his help in the process. After all, without him we cannot do anything. So Amen. we I couldn't we couldn't emphasize this aspect uh, enough of, of making dua and uh, you know, praying and, and doing all the things Allah expects of us and asking for his help throughout this entire journey and process.
0: Amen. Absolutely. So um, we're going to go through an exercise to kind of help you relieve some of the guilt that you may experience if you find yourself caught in the webs of guilt at any point. Mm-hmm. Try to follow it step by step and repeat it as necessary. And this is an exercise that's taken from Richard Cohen's book, Gay Children, Straight Parents. So you can use this with your spouse, with your close friend, or your therapist, but not with your uh, child who experiences same-sex attraction or gender dysphoria. And we will talk later about some exercises that you can can actually use to apologize to your child and to make amends with him or her so the first thing that you do is you write a list of things that you feel bad about maybe things that you said or did and things that you didn't do that you wish you had done right for example you know as your mother i kept you too close to me and said bad things about your father right or as your father i didn't spend enough time with you because i worked too much i didn't understand your needs and so on And then after you've written a list of all of these things, you would perform role play with your spouse or your friend or your therapist, you know, the one that you are doing this exercise with. They would play the role of your child and you would be the parent yourself, like you would be yourself in this role play. You would hold their hand and then imagine that you are sharing with your child what this list is about. And then you would read through that list. And you would imagine saying these things directly to your child, apologizing for any inappropriate behaviors or words. Breathe, express your feelings, and then move on to the next sentence, and then work systematically through your list in this manner. Take your time to grieve as necessary, and remember that we must always feel in order to heal, as Adam said before. And then allow your spouse or your friend or whomever you're doing this exercise with to respond as he or she believes that your child would respond. For example, maybe offering forgiveness or getting upset or maybe rebuffing your apology altogether. And in that case, what you do is you just need to listen. You don't need to respond unless you desire to do so. And now after listening to the one who's role-playing your child... Close your eyes and ask Allah to forgive you for all of these things. Then listen for a response that you feel in your heart. Be quiet and then take a breath and relax and then move on to the next step after you receive your answer. Then what you do is you ask yourself for forgiveness. This may be the most difficult step to accomplish. It's easier to forgive others than it is to forgive ourselves. Allow your you know, your spouse or the trusted friend or therapist to play the role of you, right? Now you're switching sides. So that other person is actually playing your, the the role of you. Hold the person's hand and say your name, right? As if you're talking to yourself, please forgive me for all of those things, right? As if you're seeking forgiveness from yourself and then close your eyes and try to listen to the voice within. There may be a lot of self-flagellation, a lot of discourse that's happening within you. Just listen and let it all pour out. Do not censor anything, don't try to change the messages, just be a good listener. And you may have to ask yourself using your name, would you please forgive me for all of these things, right? So if I'm doing this exercise, I would be like, Waheed, would you please forgive me for all of these things? And then you keep repeating the question, listening until the dialogue is complete and until the voice comes and says, I forgive you. Yes, I forgive you. Right? And you may need to repeat this exercise many times. Forgiveness in one's mind and forgiveness in one's heart actually take time. Again, ask your spouse or close friends to do this exercise with you. Or if you're doing it with a therapist, then that would be a good exercise to do. The sooner you receive God's forgiveness, inshallah, and you, you, by you forgiving yourself, the sooner you will be ready to take the necessary steps to help your child heal and grow.
1: In his book, Gay Children, Straight Parents, Richard Cohen mentions hearing all SSA family members uh, say words like the following. I am afraid of telling other family members and friends about our child's homosexuality. I am afraid that when they find out, the opinion of our son and our family will change. Then the concept that our child is gay will be fixed in their minds and the possibility of his coming out of homosexuality will be less and less
0: honestly this is all too common especially in in tons of emails that i have gotten from parents like i would be like the mom would be complaining and oh my god what if our friends and family found out and what if and i'm like woman get a grip for the love of god (laughs) you know know, it's uh, i i understand that this is a huge issue and people would feel ashamed if other people found out but really, like, ultimately, who is more important here? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, please focus on what's important, right? These fears are very common and they're not unfounded in reality, but, you know, due to people's lack of awareness of the true nature of SSA, they can impose popular beliefs that about SSA or the quote-unquote gay identity upon others and they may hurl judgments and negative reactions and, you know, your family and your child. So we, we really understand that this happens, but, you know, it's very important to kind of keep um, your child at the centre of this and really just focus on that.
1: Yeah. And anyway, we'll talk about this. So um, That was just an interjection so No, yeah. that's I mean, you know, whilst this is an unpleasant and um, experience and it's... Uh, unhelpful during what's already difficult time it's important to know that the reactions of other people have got nothing to do with you or your loved one it's their ignorance that's speaking yes you know so don't don't take it on upon yourself in that way and you know during such times if possible you can correct the misunderstandings and false beliefs that people have around the issues of ssa and gender dysphoria you know common beliefs include people believing that ssa is a choice. Uh, and that your child must be must repent Mm -hmm. this is an opportunity to to educate people that ssa and gender dysphoria is not a choice you know it's a feeling it's a desire it's an inclination the sin is in acting upon it and that is where the choice lies yes you know i will we, we should probably say this that doing this might not always be advisable as many cultures can be particularly hostile to this issue so we don't want to put you in harm's way fear for your own safety or that of your loved ones you know we would strongly advise do what it takes to stay safe don't take risks that would put you in harm's way Mm
2: -hmm.
1: especially in muslim cultures yeah well exactly so you know it's it's unfortunate reality Uh, but in the case where it is safe for you to speak on this issue and doing it freely then you know, doing so will will help you through the through this process. And as we said before, community support is invaluable, mm. provided that the community is supportive and on the same understanding with the issue. And if not, then you know maybe you can consult with your imam, local imam, masjid, uh, commun- other community leaders, or support groups that you have nearby. And and if there are not any, then you know you can reach out to us through the podcast uh, or uh, through the street struggle support group. Mm. Um, we will uh, link to other resources, other other um, organisations that are online based, right. um, that that provide support to parents and family members of people who've got uh, SSA. So yeah, sure. we'll, we'll link to those. Having same sex peers, uncles, aunts, grandparents, and you know fellow members of the community to support the SSA child is ideal. So whatever support you can get from others, you should absolutely accept it and use it to help navigate the experience and this is essential everything we've spoken about there's a lack of gender identification mm-hmm. and having people of the same sex help heal that is 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 what is necessary yes absolutely destigmatizing ssa and gender dysphoria is very important our communities need to be aware of the realities of this issue and this has been so long overdue subhanallah um mm-hmm. we're already late to the party um the party, <laughs> the party finished and we're showing up and, <laughs> and people are cleaning up exactly. we're just showing up right now <laughs> and as mentioned before you can use this experience as an opportunity to educate more and more people uh, within our communities about about these issues and you know it, it's been said that when the, the child comes out quote-unquote the parents go in the closet. So <laughs> yes. want to talk about this so. <laughs> and that's funny but there, you might have the urge desire to hide you know under the covers as people say mm-hmm. that's just the shame speaking and it, it doesn't serve anybody yeah. you don't, don't let the voice in your head that says you know what will other people think what will they think they may, may no longer want to stay in touch with us do not listen to it don't isolate yourself join together with you know other parents or support systems, and inspire each other to continue on the path of healing. Yes. Pray together and for one another, and there's strength in numbers, and subhanallah, this is why obviously there's so much emphasis on congregation within our religion. Mm-hmm. There's a strength in numbers, and there's a power that we achieve from mutual support that we just don't get in isolation.
2: Right.
1: And as I said before, there, there are support groups specifically for parents and family members of individuals who have got SSA, and we'll link those in the description so that you can look them up to see what's available. And ultimately remember that we are only accountable to Allah. Allah's judgment is the true judgment and the only one that we should internalize and be concerned about. Exactly. Allah is love and he will provide for you, your child, your family throughout this entire journey. So remember, trust him, pray to him, act in accordance with his commands. And if people are talking and saying things, just allow them to talk. Don't waste your time. Worrying about their misconceptions. You're not responsible for, you know, helping them correct their um, misunderstandings or judgments. You have work to do to help your child or loved one. Just invest in that and ask Allah to support you throughout the process. Absolutely. Inshallah. Yeah, exactly. So what really what we're trying to say here
0: is, is the focus on the friends and family, what they have to say if they find out? Or is it Allah? right? Is it people or is it Allah at the end of the day, right? Please keep Allah front and center. Please keep your child, the one that you're trying to help, front and center. And, and everything else is just noise, right? So, um, yeah, I hope that helps, inshallah. And in addition to all of that, it's necessary to do your own work, right? It's important to identify what may have taken place in the past, And it is essential to take positive steps towards reconciliation and restoration for the future. And we will talk more about this, inshallah, in the episodes to come. And again, as Adam was saying, accusing yourself or others of being at fault in this situation is counterproductive. It is best for both parents to share the healing process together, if that is possible and when that is possible. And to grieve together and to bring together, um, you know, the spouses, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of separating them or causing rifts. Um, Blaming one another for past events only creates further distance between themselves, which invariably ends up becoming counterproductive in your efforts to helping your child, right? A lot of times what's really stopping you from doing your own work is your own ego. And we kind of have to say this loud and clear. Think about it, right? A lot of times that is true. So if you have a spouse and you have a child who's dealing with same-sex attractions or gender dysphoria, please stop pushing your spouse to quote-unquote do the right thing. What do we mean by that? Don't don't point fingers at one another, right? You'll probably find it necessary to make certain changes in your behaviors and your attitudes towards your child. No matter how necessary these changes may seem, do not nag uh, your spouse or push them or coerce them or threaten them, Right, Mm. Uh, with regards to these things, when you do so, you become like you know, like your spouse's parents, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. a a wife becoming like her husband's mother, and the husband would be like the wife's father, and this only creates added burdens and strains on your relationship. You will end up resenting each other, and your child is going to be the one who is suffering even more. Yeah. Right. So please keep this in mind. You work together, not against each other. Right. Yep. Um. And another piece of advice is that it's far better for us to share our feelings than it is to give orders. And we should grieve over our own mistakes, not our spouses, right? If you haven't had the chance to be vulnerable with your spouse, to share emotions, and to have difficult conversations with them, now is the time to do that. And subhanAllah, sometimes this trial is actually a chance for healing and recovery for the entire family, as we mentioned earlier on in this episode. So take it as an opportunity for healing and growth and connection and belonging, right? It is a gift in disguise. This is a wake-up call for the both of you. It may be difficult at the beginning if you don't have the resources and you don't know what to do. So please visit the podcast episodes that talk about shame and vulnerability, which were earlier on in season one, which were episodes two and three in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, And visit season four episodes of the podcast that talk about the healing journey to understand more about how these things apply to you. And season four was all the way from episode 41 until 65. And of course, it goes without saying, please consult therapists and professionals on these matters because you cannot do this alone. Mm -hmm. And in case the same sex parent in your situation is unable to bond with the child or maybe is not available or he or she is deceased and so on. Then again, try without accusations to find others to help. And we will talk more about this, inshallah, in the upcoming episodes. There are many others in the community who may be better equipped to help your child experience healthy same-sex paternal or maternal love. Mm-hmm. Going back to the whole concept of quote-unquote change, if you want your child to change and heal, you have to change yourself, right? Right bluntly Mm -hmm. you have to change yourself you must face the possibility that changes will have to be made not only in their lives but also within yourself your spouse and your household your healing both as an individual and as a couple will have a positive impact on your child as well as on the rest of your family in the same way unresolved issues will negatively affect your children If you truly want your son or daughter to heal, you will need to face your own issues like fear, anger, sadness, and disappointment. Mm -hmm. In doing that, you are leading your child by example. If you are hurting, grieve. If you are angry, express your feelings in a positive and assertive manner without hurting anyone else. Medicating your feelings through increased activities, being busy or blaming others or using substances or whatever else will only serve to delay progress for both you and your child. Yeah. Instead, we encourage you to face your feelings, trace their origins, release the pain receive comfort from those you trust and create an action plan for personal healing for marital healing and family healing and again you do this through resources through reading books through journaling meditating seeking therapy and professional help you don't do this alone Mm. right and actually i was speaking with parents who consulted with richard cohen himself for help and the very first thing that he gets them to do actually other than offering advice to help them with their kids is to actually do their own inner work imagine like to do inner child work to heal their personal traumas to develop self-esteem to develop communication skills and so on Mm. to learn more about the healing and recovery journey again please check out season four check out the resources buy the books that we've uh, linked to do the work yourself and we promise that your personal life is going to change inshallah to the best and you will learn so much about yourself and others around you that you may have never thought about before And you will realize how much of a blessing this whole thing is, subhanAllah. Mm -hmm. And as Gandhi said, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. You know, get the help and support to resolve any outstanding issues that you may have with your own parents, for example. Whether they are alive or dead. It's never too late to heal. Trust us. And as you demonstrate your own willingness to make peace with your own parents, your children will feel more comfortable about opening up to you. When you are doing your own work and your own therapy, you may choose to invite your children to participate in counseling sessions for your sake. Yeah. And it's a good way to enroll them into the healing process as this is a family affair. And you can actually ask them like something like, would you please do it to help me? Right. Yeah. And as a parent, let them know that it is about you and your issues that you want them to, 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 to participate in so that you can take responsibility for things that have happened in the past. If you make the process about you, your child will feel less threatened and even more inclined to attend and help you out. And do not single out the child who has same-sex attractions or gender dysphoria. Actually, make sure that the entire family is involved Mm -hmm. and included if there are other siblings or other family members.
1: Yeah, and if you have a strenuous relationship with your spouse, then it's very important to seek professional help, perhaps. Couples therapy. Mm-hmm. One of the best gifts that you can give to your child is to love your spouse and create a stable, loving home environment. Amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Don't we know about it?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't let your ego get in the way. Dealing with a child's SSA or gender dysphoria is always a stressful and delicate situation, mm-hmm. and it will only exacerbate any marital difficulties that are already present. Right. So, with this in mind, Consider finding a therapist who specialises in couples counselling and take time to communicate and work on your relationship so you both are stronger and more united. So in short, if you are married, work hard on your marriage. Also be careful about contacting just any therapist. Most counsellors today are educated and trained in gay affirmative therapy, particularly in the Western Mm -hmm. um, countries. They would encourage their clients to embrace SSA. Uh, they would coach you parents to accept your child's homosexuality or, or encourage whatever gender expression might be present. And if you resist, they will tell you that you're the problem and not your child. So mm-hmm. it's very important that you make sure you get in touch with the, the right people um, who can support you through this. And uh, we'll add links and more information in the episode description about um, potential uh, counselors and therapists and organizations that might be able to help here. Right. And finally, in the midst of all of this, bear in mind that it's very important to balance your efforts with a measure of joy. And this means that the best gift that we can give to our children is our love for one another. Mm -hmm. When they see restored unity and affection between parents, they will feel more secure and at peace. This is just normal in any situation, regardless of SSC or not, or gender dysphoria or not. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, for this knowledge, to be sure, to have romance and spice to your life with your spouse Go on dates together, have fun, do things that you both enjoy. You know, if you stay at home and and suffer, it serves no one um well. And the more you generate love between the two of you, the more love that you can have for your children and you can share amongst everybody in the in the home.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So laugh and watch movies together, stay away from you know, issues and situations that bring you down please don't continuously subject yourself to the subject of SSA or gender dysphoria and stress over it. Don't mm-hmm. don't make that the sole focus of life. Instead, yep. focus on achieving a balance uh, and creating a healthy home environment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, 100% for sure.
1: Yeah, and again, it's very important to keep in mind that SSA is primarily a symptom of unhealed emotional wounds and unmet needs for love. It's, it's not about sex and we will keep on saying this over and over again it's a sense of not belonging belonging or not fitting in not being on the outside feeling inferior and different a boy feeling less than other boys or men and being called names at school and a girl feeling that she doesn't belong with the girls that she may have been called names and, and singled out and ostracised it's about internalized emotions of detachment and shame, created over years of confusion and pains. And it's important to remember this point that as long as it took to create these issues, it may take as long, or if not longer, to actually undo the damage that's been done. So this is a this whole process is one that requires persistence, perseverance, patience, consistency. Uh, subhanallah. So it's very much about the process. And not about achieving a set goal, um, subhanallah. Uh, because you will need to persevere, and in those moments, it's that the 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 idea of having a you know a child who's safe, feels safe, has has a sense of belonging, a secure attachment. There's love in the home environment. People feel uh, secure. They feel. Uh, like they know who they are and they're confident and all of these, these are the things that matter. SubhanAllah. So may Allah help us to, to, to act in the best ways. And
0: actually um, Richard Cohen in the book, he gives a very nice analogy to that. And he says like, remember when your child might have fallen down and maybe scraped his or her knees and they start crying Right, mm. and what is usually the best way to handle that situation? Like when they tell you that it really does hurt and they sh- they're crying, what they really need from you is to tell them that yes, we know it hurts. We are here for you. You basically give a hu- give them a hug. You love them. You kiss that pain away. Then you clean the scrape. You apply an ointment and a band aid to cover the wound. And then they give you a big kiss and they say thank you. And then they go out to play again. And this is what you're exactly doing right? Once they hear the reassuring words, they begin to breathe more freely. This is what it is about, really. Your loving touch and your caring presence starts to heal hearts. The problem is that most of us are afraid to express our hurt feelings, and we may work very hard to keep them at bay. Worse than that, we may not even be in touch with our emotions. But again, As we've said multiple times already, we must feel in order to heal. And the more that we demonstrate our willingness to be authentic, the more likely our children will be able to open up and share their hearts with us. Of course, we're not saying that we should dump our issues on our children. We simply need to do our own work independently of them. Mm. Now, to check if you are overly involved in your child's life, there are three main pointers. Your child's SSA or gender dysphoria determines how you feel on a minute-by-minute, day-by-day basis. Mm -hmm. Your preoccupation with your child's SSA or gender dysphoria causes you to neglect other people and activities in your life. Number three is you act like a detective, trying to find out about your child's every move, looking and listening for clues much of the time. If that is you, take a step back and reevaluate. Stop obsessing for the love of God. Do your work and surrender to Allah Subhanahu Taala. Your behavior, if that is the case, is only creating more tension. So please keep this in mind.
1: It's very common for parents to say something like, "Dear God, please take away our child's SSC or gender dysphoria." Unfortunately, things don't work this way. It actually might be much better to say things like, God, please reveal to us the reasons our child experiences SSA or gender dysphoria. Or Allah, please help us through this. We cannot do this alone. Please show us the purpose of this issue. Please give pos- possible strength and guidance to make it through today and every day. Please show us how we can help our child heal and grow. Reveal to us the best ways that we can love them and take care of them. Allow us to make amends and grow, and to grow stronger in Your love and each, lo- each other's love. This is a trial for all of you, and there are lessons to be learned. You can either let your ego take the steering wheel, or you can humble yourself and be open to learning, growing, and healing yourself and your family, inshallah. And you know the key difference between the first du'a and the what I just uh, went through there is that the second set is. Inquisitive, it's curious, it's it's seeking specific aid from Allah Subhanahu wa and um, typically those are the prayers that are most effective. And in particular, in this situation, we know that you know this is not an issue that you can switch on and off, Subhanallah. So there's there's much that we need to learn and go through, and Allah in His wisdom has 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 you know put that trial before us. So we we need to get in touch with Allah and rebuild our spiritual lives.
0: Exactly. And actually, like, part of the humanity is, as you said, like, realizing that Allah has a wisdom in his decisions. And so instead of saying, Ya Rab, please take this away from us, it's like rejecting Allah's wisdom. We say, Ya Rab, show us the wisdom behind everything so that we can actually learn and grow in the process and give us strength Um, to fulfill your plans in the best ways possible. There
1: is a huge difference between the two, subhanAllah. Yeah, yeah, SubhanAllah. And again, this is part and parcel of the healing journey for ourselves as well as our loved ones. Ask Allah for strength, for love and wisdom that you need to help yourself and your family and your, your child as well as yourself. Because as we've said before, this is a very much a family affair. Everybody needs to grow in this together. Richard Cohen says in his book, you know, what was born out of broken relationships can and must be healed in healthy relationships.
2: Exactly.
1: It's necessary for you to experience love and comfort from Allah. If your relationship with God is not as it, is, as it used to be or perhaps isn't um, existent or whatever the case might be, there's there's always a chance to reconnect with him, to repent and to start afresh. You, you cannot give what you do not experience. If you don't feel love for yourself, you won't be able to genuinely love other people. So we encourage you to take all of your own, you know, confusion and painful feelings and hand them over to Allah. You know, fight, scream, cry and beg for mercy and understand that you must seek Him and His guidance with all of your heart, with all of your soul and all of your mind. And don't stop until you have received the love and wisdom and direction that you need. Repent for your sins and re-establish your relationship with Allah through through the prayer, through du'a, through remembrance, dhikr, through sadaqa by giving charity and getting to know Allah genuinely. Uh, and a book that we would recommend highly uh, that's, that will, without a doubt, inshallah, help you in this is The Secrets of Divine Love, and we'll link to it in the episode description. Uh, it's been... I can think I can speak for both of us by saying it's been a book that's transformed our relationships with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the most wonderful ways. And, you know, we we make du'a that that happens with you. And, you know, just on this topic, this, subhanAllah, this uh, experience of dealing with SSA and gender dysphoria with your loved one might be the very thing that is necessary to actually bring you closer to Allah and to move you to the next level whatever that might be so and this has been true for so many of us in the community it's been the yes. thing that's drawn us to him yeah. subhanallah so where others might look at it you know with dismay or shame or whatever you know subhanallah when we really think about it the, you know ultimately we've actually come out winners because it's it's, it's been the thing that's drawn us to Allah SubhanAllah. so indeed. Yeah, I thought I'd just mention that because that might be exactly what's happening with some of some of you that are listening. Absolutely,
0: yeah. and beautifully said. And I couldn't agree more, SubhanAllah Yeah, 100%. And um, another thing to point out for, you know, um, parents and siblings and family members is that please know that you're not being punished. Mm. Uh, Although it it might actually feel this way at times, this is not a curse. It's not a stroke of bad luck. It's not a disaster or a bad omen or whatever you want to call it. Ultimately, as Adam was saying, you will find the good in the situation, inshallah. There are so many blessings in this and we can testify to that. It is through pain that we come to grips with our own humanity and weaknesses and we connect to God. Mm -hmm. This may be one of the times in which difficult things happen so that Allah manifests Himself in your life, right? And for you to reconnect with him, as Adam was saying, please rise to the occasion and realize that you are not meant to handle this on your own. As we said, please make sure that you pray for your child on a daily basis. Ask Allah to allow your child to experience his love, to experience the fullness of their own gender identity, to bring healthy people in their lives who would lead them into healing and fulfillment, the right mentors, the right friends, the right support system, to give them true and unconditional love, Mm -hmm. and to help them understand their Situation, their histories, and to achieve healing and growth. Yep. And also um, something very important that needs to be said. On a subconscious level, our children in their early developmental years they associate the image of their father and their mother with the image of God. There are the masculine and the feminine qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the jalali and the jamali aspects that we spoke about a lot during the podcast. If the father and the mother were loving and caring, the child will grow up to associate Allah with love and care. Mm. If they were harsh and shaming, then that is an internalized image of Allah that that the child will grow up with. It may be that your child has denied your spiritual beliefs or maybe rejected God or the deen... And one reason might be because your child is detached already from you and has experienced negativity from you, as well as the fact that other people in our faith communities might be rejecting of that child or herself, right? Homosexuality is an abomination. Gender dysphoria is a curse, the worst sin of all. And so, I mean, we've been through that. We've heard it countless times, right? Judgments from all over the place. And especially if your child is from a believing home, they may have struggled so much of their lives trying to reconcile their desires with their religion. And believe us, we have fully experienced that. Mm -hmm. And if they don't come to understand that God loves them unconditionally, they may have had to reject their faith in order to experience the smallest measure of self-worth. Because it's going to boil down to one thing. It's either I'm going to I'm going to be with Allah or I'm going to follow my desires, really. Mm -hmm. The personal torment coupled with the judgmental attitudes of many religious people only compounds the detachment from God and perhaps even the deen altogether. Mm -hmm. And for many children trying to be close to Allah, it only feels like pain and rejection. So please understand that there are psychological elements to this right? Mm -hmm. So if you keep this in mind, you won't expect your child to readily accept your prayers of blessings or you calling them to Allah and becoming more religious or what have you, right? If that is the case. If they are very hurt, it's going to take a long time for them to draw close to you. And no matter what, it's very important to be persistent and to never give up. Your child needs you even though they feel very angry and hurt. This is the underlying contradictory nature of SSA and all homosexual relationships. It's very ironic. It's like, I need you, but don't get too close. Please hold me in your arms, but no, it hurts too much. Hey, come back. I want to go away. Help me. I'm dying here. Someone rescue me, but just leave me alone. Right? Mm. It's this contradictions that is basically um, underlying uh, nature of, of all of this. subhanAllah.
1: Mm. And it's very important for you to pass on God's blessings, Allah's blessings to each of your children. Pray for your sons and daughters when they depart or on special occasions when they leave the house to go to school or to college every day. Make du'a for them. Place your arms around their shoulders. Lay your hand on their head or embrace them. Hug them and kiss them and, and, and so on. In this time, children begin to associate the warmth of your touch with God's love, with Allah's love. You may use the Qur'an or Hadith or particular du'as that you like. You know, say mashallah as you praise your child's natural talents and abilities and character. Associate that with the blessings from Allah. Remind your children of the meaning of their names and the importance that they hold for you, as well as the family lineage, and affirm God's plan for your children. Teach them about the love of Allah, His qualities. Read books with them. Read The secrets of Divine Love together, perhaps. Uh, Pray for them in their presence and in their absence. You know, you can say things like your talents remind me of this, uh, Sahabi, this companion of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, or even of a a specific Prophet, you know, may Allah bless you like he blessed them, and so on, all of these kinds of, you know, beautiful affirmations.
0: Absolutely. And the last thing we want to talk about today is to make sure that you maintain balance in your life. And this is very important. Do your best, again, not to make your child's SSA or gender dysphoria the sole focus of your life. Mm -hmm. We know for a fact that it's possible to become totally absorbed and preoccupied with this issue. So make it a priority for you to experience God's personal love, to take care of yourself, to maintain balance in your life, to go out and have some fun, because there is a life that is apart from your child's SSA or gender dysphoria. Take care of your marriage if you're married, and so on. Love yourself, love your spouse, and you will have more love to offer to your children, especially your child who experiences same-sex attractions or gender dysphoria, right? Mm-hmm.
1: This process of bonding with your with your loved one is going to require a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Your love tank needs to be continually filled. So it's very important that you stop living if you are in a state of worry, anger, guilt, and fear, and instead be filled with joy and love. Find peace in the moment. Do not get sucked into you know, the um, SSA gender dysphoria vacuum uh, and feelings of hopelessness and helplessness uh, or being discouraged and consumed with worry, guilt, and shame. You know, There may be a tendency to be obsessed with faults such as you know, what if so-and-so finds out? What if uh, he says, she says this? You must have been a lousy parent. Why else would you have a child who's gay? What if we lose contact with particular people? You know, there's a scandal in the community. All of these sorts of sentiments. You will need to choose very carefully those whom you share your child's situation with because there's so much judgment and rejection by those who should be the most loving and understanding. And unfortunately, this is very true, uh, especially in, in religious communities and uh, our own our own Muslim mm, communities. for sure and you know you may you may be quite exhausted and fed up from time to time so this bears uh, you know is worth repeating take time out for yourself you know go out and smell the roses and kick up your heels play some games have fun nourish the relationship with your spouse spend time with your friends and remember and i said this before but this is a marathon it's not a sprint and um, you might be working full time so instead of putting in you know 60 hour weeks you might take off a couple of hours per week and begin to actually devote extra time to, you know, learning more about these issues, about SSA, about healing, about gender dysphoria, reading, um, all, all re- you know, different kinds of resources uh, and consulting the, the proper individuals um, and helping to actually just spend time with your child as well uh, and being with them. And, you know, you need to renew your spiritual life, as we've already touched on, and garner support from family and friends and Uh, Know that the healing process, it takes time. Uh, And it may be that you require to make more time in your life for your uh, loved one, for your child, for your sibling. Um, And know that, you know, eventually, inshallah, this does start to bear fruits. Um, But it is something that you will need to persevere with. Be persistent, be consistent, and just not give up, um, even when it's difficult.
0: So by now, you've probably come to the conclusion that you need to develop greater intimacy with your child, and then you release the child to a lost care, right? The idea of immediate healing contradicts the process of human growth and development, right? So please don't be hasty and expect immediate results. Restoration of the heart and mind reverses the way that original wounding occurred, And all this takes a while. Therefore, it's important to listen to your child's story, to hear how he or she journeyed from struggling to becoming this person they are today. Beginning with the present and working your way back to the past. You cannot expect to restore overnight or even in a few short months, the years that the locust has eaten. This is a verse from Joel uh, 225. You know, you can't expect... Uh, to restore overnight or even in a few short months, the years that the locust has eaten, right? It took months and years to develop this, and it will take months and years to undo the damage, as Adam was saying. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, you need to be patient with yourself, with your spouse, and especially with your child. And give Allah the steering wheel and make prayer, call on to him for his strength and wisdom and understanding, and most importantly, love. Do your best and trust Allah to take care of the rest.
1: And you know, just as we you know wrap up this episode, we'd like to leave you with some a quote from Richard Cohen. Um, he says in his book, "As painful as it is, you have been selected to end this cultural war by unconditionally loving your child. So remember, take things slowly. Set small goals at first, and succeed small rather than fail. You know, if you achieve success in one or two things, and just add a couple of more steps to accomplish, and to feel good about what you've achieved." about yourself and about your child in the process. Mm -hmm. The journey of healing, as we've already said, is, is about the process. It's not about the results. So you must do your best to try and be in the moment, appreciate your child Mm -hmm. today and not withhold your affection as you wait for them to quote unquote change. Change comes ever so slowly. And sometimes it's so slow that you can't even notice it. It's in the loving that, that we're all transformed. And remember, This is a marathon and not a sprint. Keep breathing, keep praying, keep laughing, crying, and pace yourself. Experience as much love as possible so that you can give from abundance and not out of guilt or fear. And, you know, one father said, it's all about love, being vulnerable, honest, transparent, and seeing into the heart of your child. To do that, you will have to face yourself over and over again. And through helping your child heal, you too will be transformed if you need them to change, most likely they will not. So if you if you don't focus on change, most likely they will. Accept and love them as they are right now, and do your best, and Allah will do the rest. Inshallah, you can get your child back. You might lose some battles, but ultimately, with the power of Allah's love and His mercy and the help of you know family members and friends, you will win them back. Remember, love is the strongest medicine to heal. Uh, and Richard Cohen, in this context, um says in his book, "Whoever loves the longest and the hardest wins."
0: And with this, we have come to the end of today's episode, which has been um, all about uh, personal healing. The first episode in our series for parents and family members, the focus of this episode has been all about you, your personal healing, focusing on you. And this is foundational before we talk about the remaining topics, inshallah. We hope uh, that you found the content beneficial and practical. And once again, we have a lot of resources linked in the episode description, so please make sure to check them out. And um, Adam and I look forward to talking to you, inshallah, uh, in the next episode as we continue this series for parents and family members. Until then, stay safe and healthy. This has been Adam Ali and Wahid Jensen in we Way Beyond the Rainbow. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.